Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do. Like me, taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Thursday, Thursday, first round NCAA tournament action. Welcome back into the Ion College Basketball Podcast. I am Matt Norlander. I am joined on this episode by Kyle Boone. Here's the deal. As promised, live recaps every single night, and that's what we're doing right now. So to anyone and everyone, looks like we got a decent crew arriving here on the YouTube channel watching. We're giving it nice and early. Now, GP is going to be on the next three episodes, but he's in CBS Sports Network studios each night. He's going to be later. So I'm just giving you the heads up that for those that want to watch live after Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, those will be later. Those are West Coast-friendly and Mountain Time-friendly podcasts there. Obviously, you're more than encouraged and welcome to watch the morning after or the afternoon after on our YouTube channel. This is also being simulcast on the main big CBS Sports YouTube channel. So there are a lot of people watching right now that perhaps are seeing this podcast for the first time. I am Matt Norlander. It says March Norlander in the YouTube caption, but that's just me. It's March. And that's Kyle Boone, the great Kyle Boone, who is joining me here. As we do this, as people that are watching live know, Penn State, Texas A&M still going on. Penn State's running away with it. And my goodness, UCLA is destroying UNC Asheville. So we are not going to wait on those games. We're just going to get going and I'm going to get to this is going to be a, an efficient pod. OK, this because we want to get this in the can. There's a lot to get to here, but we will talk about literally every single result. We have to start with the result of the day. Princeton 59, Arizona 55, almost 35 years ago to the day when 15-seed Santa Clara with Steve Nash upset two-seed Arizona on the opening Thursday of the NCAAs, Princeton goes out and does it. Even more poetic than that, it does it. Months removed from legendary Princeton coach Pete Carrill's death, the late, great Pete Carrill. Remember, he upset reigning champs UCLA in 96 the last year he coached, and one of his former players who was in that game, Mitch Henderson, he's the coach. Amazing, amazing stuff. Arizona's loss. Marks the, ooh, by the way, in real time here, I'm told tip times are coming in the next, like, five minutes. All right? So be aware of that. If you're watching on YouTube, tip times are coming out. Uh, in fact, I told I told one staff that I would let them know. Um, so I'm, I'm doing that right now, and then we'll get to the rest of the game. Sorry. This is this is live stuff. Um, okay. So, Boone, give me your thoughts. I got a few notes on this. It was, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal watch. In terms of what Princeton was able to do in shutting Arizona down, I mean, Arizona is now yeah. the, the first team to ever lose to a 15 seed twice, and I got some other not-so-great notes for Zona. 
Um, crazy. Your your thoughts on on what you saw happen out there in Sacramento? Obviously, the biggest result of the day. Wild, wild stuff. Great stuff from Princeton. 15 seed over a two seed. It's the 11th time in NCAA tournament history a 15 seed has taken down a two. Uh, 15 has beaten a two in uh, three consecutive NCAA tournaments, I believe. Um, each of the last two advanced to the Sweet 16. Of course, last year, that was St. Peter's. The Peacocks taking down Kentucky, going to the Sweet 16. As you noted, Arizona is the first school to lose twice as a number two seed, two 15 seeds in the NCAA tournament. That is, uh, that is not history that you would like to make. It's a, it's a really sour way to end the season. Really liked Arizona coming into the NCAA tournament. Thought they were clearly kind of the, the crown jewel of the Pac-12, especially with, with UCLA losing Jalen Clark. Um, it's just a bummer. It's a bummer, but I think like it did not feel in any way like some sort of fluke. Princeton was the better team. Arizona had some warts that popped out throughout this game, some roster things that we've seen throughout the season that that maybe you know have have popped up from time to time, but they were able to figure things out for the most part. But um, Norlander, forty minute game, anything can happen. One team has to win. One team has to lose. Arizona loses, Princeton advances. Princeton's first win since uh, 1998 in the NCAA tournament. It's fantastic. Yeah, how about that? Back then in 98, they went in Hartford, um, and they beat uh, UNLV. Princeton was a five seed in 98. Yes, a five <laughs> seed over number 12 UNLV. This is the first time a 15 has won three years in a row in tournament history. Arizona played arguably its worst game of the season. Now, a lot of that was Princeton's doing. Uh, Princeton's physicality won out majorly. Uh, Tigers had six blocks. Arizona had one. Uh, Tubelis at 22, but yeah. Princeton just, you could tell with about five minutes ago, I even tweeted it out, man, sometimes these games, there's something that comes across the TV screen and you can hear it in the crowd. You can watch it as it's playing out. There was starting to, not that it was a guarantee in that moment, but it started to feel like hot damn is Princeton going to do it. And there's something, there's something about an IVT, Ivy league team winning, um, I don't know. It's sometimes for whatever reason, it seems to give these upsets a little more juice. Uh, we all we got to feel great for the plucky underdog, the folks that uh, went to <laughs> that are at Princeton and have graduated from Princeton. Some of the great, some great, great. <laughs> I mean, the hedge fund manager crowd shots that were going down in Sacramento amazing. were amazing. Arizona did not score for the final four minutes and 43 seconds, man. It was the fifth time that Arizona lost to a team seated at 13th or worse. There's no other team that has even four of those losses in tournament history. Mitch Henderson and that staff, credit to just an outstanding game prep, man. Princeton made Arizona look JV. Princeton, let me make sure I get this box right. The box here is Princeton was four of 25. Yes, Princeton shot five foul shots was four of 25 from three point range and won the game against a two seed. Unbelievable. Only one player in double figures, man, just tremendous, tremendous stuff. And as many people noted, it's the second time in as many years that a second seeded team with a wildcats moniker has lost to a 15 seeded team from Mm. Jersey. Kentucky mm. Wildcats to St. Peter's last season. Now we have the Arizona Wildcats going down to the Princeton Tigers, man. Just uh, just something else. Something, something, something else. By the way, um, yeah, I, I got this note from CBS Sports uh, Research with uh, the 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 seed. Arizona's the only one to do that. Um, 
going back to seeding back in 79. The 15 is Santa Clara and Princeton. The 14 is ETSU in 92. I'd have a, I had a thought flash across my mind. This is the Arizona I grew up with. And it wasn't like a happy thought, but I, growing up loving the tournament, it was highly seeded Arizona teams getting picked off. They lost the 13s in 99, Oklahoma, and then they lost, remember Buffalo, Nate Oates? That was 2018. Uh, in 95, they lost to 12 seed Miami, Ohio, and they've lost to 11 seeds, Wichita State and Xavier in recent seasons there. So credit to Princeton. That is some awesome stuff. We have a Tiger on Tiger matchup. We'll get to Missouri in just a second, but one of those two teams will break on through to the second weekend there. And Princeton gives us here. My thing is between this and Furman's going to be next. Like we've had, a, we've had some stinkers and we had a couple close ones, but you get even one of those. The day's made. The day is made. You get at least one of these awesome endings or huge upsets. KB. It's just, it, it makes up for anything else. Um, any other thoughts on, on Tiger's Wildcats before we move on? I'll take anything you got. No, uh, the next result that we're going to get to is Furman over Virginia. Like that would be a good result on a normal day, but Princeton over Arizona is like a once in a couple years thing. Um, so yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, we have a ton of stuff to get to, so I won't, uh, I won't stop you. I'm not, I'm not going to muzzle you, but yes, we are trying to make this an efficient pod, uh, because we got some late nights here. We will also want to turn this around. Um, but, and we're going to talk plenty more on, on Princeton here. Cause Hey, they're moving along. First Ivy League team. This is this isn't even in my notes. Off my top of my head, um, I believe the last Ivy League team to win. Man, I need this sound bite in my board too. Um, how did Yale out rebound Baylor? Remember that? <laughs> I think that was 2016. I think Yale Prince. over Baylor was the last Ivy League upset in the NCAA tournament. Princeton gets it done. Arizona gets home. Tommy Lloyd, 61 wins through two seasons, the most of any in men's D1 coaching history. But one seed last year. Didn't get to the final four. Two seed this year doesn't even get to the second round. So some conflicted feelings for Arizona fans these days. Furman gave us the most frenzied finish of the day. Furman. Furman. We're going to talk about that right after this break. Now to do what you got to do, buddy. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step. The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mm, man, if you're watching on YouTube, we just got a master's preview, and that's just, I love it. I love it. All right, so, so Furman. Good. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is quite good. Furman, 68, Virginia, 67. Um, as I sh as I tweeted uh, on 
I guess Wednesday night and then Thursday morning. I had my seven-year-old do his bracket Wednesday. My my four-year-old uh, doesn't have pre-K on Thursday, so he just did it this morning. Independent of each other, they both have Furman in the final four. And so uh, so my younger one was with me, and it was just an amazing moment. To, to, for, for And we're going to get into the whole thing. But just to, to get that, love when we get that Thursday afternoon daytime action. Just give us something amazing. And we got that amazingness, man. Um, for the first time since 74, Furman has a win in the tournament. There were 25 teams back then. And you know what? We're going to get to Kihei. How about Furman doing this? Mike Bothwell, leading scorer. He fouled out with 6.30 to go. They didn't have their best score on the floor, and they pulled this off. Unbelievable, man. So, okay. Everyone knows what happened, but we do have sound. We do have the visual. Nada, I think, has got it ready in the queue. Here we go. Inbounder. Clark gets it in. Gets it back with 10. Clark double teamed along the baseline. Throws it up the floor. Intercepted by Heen. Pegues for three and the win. He got it with 2.2 to go. 68-67 Paladins. Virginia calls its final timeout. They get it into Beekman on the right side. His three on the way. No, no. And Furman wins it. Furman wins it. J.P. Pegues getting mobbed by his teammates right here in front of us. The Paladins win it. 68-67 and knock Virginia out of the tournament. Furman's first appearance since 1980 will not be one and done. Tom Van Hoy, look at this scene here on the floor. Unbelievable stuff, man. Look, that's 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 courtesy of Furman Radio. Uh, I mean, Garrett Heen, right place, right time. Kihei Clark just decides, F it, I'm going deep. Uh, Heen is right there, and it's the frenziness of the moment. All right? Pegues gets it. He launches. He even had a second to gather. Doesn't even matter. I got this unbelievable stat from our CBS Sports uh, information and research crew here. Where is it? This is unbelievable. Okay, Furman's the only team since at least 2015, at least, it could be even longer, um, with a steal and game-winning field goal on the same possession in the final 10 seconds. There's been more than 450 tournament games in that span. And for Kihei Clark, we'll get to Furman. Let's focus on Kihei here. An ironic, bittersweet end to a great career. He's a national champion. I got old takes exposed because if you watch this game, Kihei Clark was shutting Furman down. He had like three great defensive possessions in a row. Then they're up. So Virginia goes to the line. Clark does up four. He only hits one of the two foul shots. And then he has this play. There's a timeout in his pocket. He said he didn't see the official. He just heaves it. This is the same guy who made one of the coolest under pressure plays you're ever going to see in the tournament as a freshman to help get the game to OT against Purdue. I was in the building in Louisville. It's one of the three or four greatest games I've ever seen in my entire life in person. And for Clark, ah, it's just brutal. I got a few quotes from after the game, but I want to toss it right back to you, KB. You know, just your general reaction and, and main takeaway from either side of this in, uh, in 13 seated Furman knocking off UVA. Yeah, I have conflicting feelings about this, honestly. Um, watching the clip, watching that game live, um, so excited for Furman. So fantastic. I mean, they first win for them in the NCAA tournament since 1974. That was pre-expansion, um, back before we had the big bracket. Um, so that's awesome. It's just, 
I feel so bad for Kihei Clark too. And you know, he's, he's a, you know, he's a veteran player. He's, he's been here before. Like he probably does not need any sympathy from, from me or from anyone else, but it's just such a brutal way for your college career to come to an end. Um, he was a fantastic Virginia player. He had, I think, probably one of the most memorable Virginia plays of all time in the NCAA tournament when he was a freshman. And just a lapse in judgment. He throws the ball back over past half court. Furman's able to gather it. They go get the steal. They make a three. They go ahead, and that's the game. And credit to, to Kihei Clark. He he apparently reportedly answered questions in post game, talked about it, uh, did not shy away from kind of facing the music, so to speak. And like things happen. Um, but it's just, yeah, like it's it's part of the NCAA tournament. It's part of what makes March Madness, you know, so enticing and so appealing is that the the emotions from both sides, you could see it on the court. Virginia fans, I mean, Virginia players just completely keeled over. Furman fans and Furman players just complete, you know, elation. So um, that's kind of my general takeaways. I don't know why, but maybe it's a crazy day. I have some emotions, but uh, feel bad for for Virginia. Feel bad for Kihei Clark, but very excited to see Furman get the win. A couple quick notes here on on Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, 2018. Lose to a number 16 seed. First team to ever lose to a 16 seed as a one seed. Yep. 2019, they are national champions. 2020, obviously, the championship was canceled. NCAA tournament was canceled. 2021, lost to a 13 seed. Uh, last year, they did not Ohio. make it. Yeah. This year, um, lost to a 13 seed. So, kind of a checkered history uh, for for Tony Bennett. Um, don't think it really raises any questions about his his credentials as a coach, but no. Virginia underperforming in the NCAA tournament has unfortunately been a theme over the last few years, and you got the championship. It probably doesn't matter, but uh, yeah, just, just, uh, just something to note. You trade it, definitely. Uh, you definitely trade it. Uh, you get that title on, in one of the more incredible title runs ever. I mean, you... Go back and look. Only I, only the Oregon game wasn't uh, a clincher, really. Even the first round game, they were in trouble. Was it Gardner Webb? I can't remember the sixteen they played off the top of my head. I think it might have been Gardner Webb. Um, but yeah, NIT a year ago, um, and now Tony Bennett joins Lou Olson as the only head coaches with three losses versus teams seated thirteen or worse in NCAA tournament history. This excludes the first four. Olson. Lost to ETSU, Santa Clara, and Oklahoma, as previously mentioned. Now Bennett's got UMBC, Ohio in the bubble tournament two years ago, and Furman. By the way, Tip Times came out as KB was talking. So in real time right now, I'll let you know the Furman game is the first one of Saturday. Furman, San Diego State. That's Harlan Bonner and Stan Van Gundy. He's doing a great job on the mic. I'm glad he's part of the team now. That's a CBS tip emanating from Orlando, 12-10 Eastern on Saturday. Furman's your first game. Duke, Tennessee is your second game. Uh, and there we go. I'll wrap up uh, that, that TV schedule before we get out of here tonight. Uh, for, for Virginia, yeah, it's it's tough. Um, Clark did talk to the media after. He said, quote, couldn't see out of it. Saw Caden down there, meaning Caden Shedrick. Just tried to throw it up. I knew they had possession. Didn't want them to tie it up. But yeah, probably should have called timeout. Didn't see the ref right there. Uh, Mike Barber, who covers Virginia, quoted Armand Franklin saying, it's March, man. I guess things like this happen. You see it on TV, but you never expect it to happen. Do you like that? 
that's true. And I want to quote uh, or quote the the great, great, great David Teal, who has covered uh, Greater Virginia college sports in the ACC for decades and decades. He tweeted, Kihei Clark made a mistake he'll always lament and then showed remarkable grace in answering every last question in the locker room. Moreover, he watched the sequence multiple times on his phone to see what he could have done differently. That is big time stuff, and I'm not surprised at all. I said it after they lost to UMBC, uh, and I'm sure it's something that Virginia fans, uh, you know, don't take a massive comfort in because the loss is there. But like, there's just few. There are a few other coaches who are mentally better equipped to take these kind of losses than Tony mm-hmm. Bennett. He just is. I mean, he's going to be able to put in perspective. And I'm not going to quote his entire post game press conference, but there was that as well. I mean, think about this: Pagese hits the three with 2.4 seconds to go, and the way that it unfolded, he had missed his last 15 threes before that. Yeah. 15 straight threes in a row this is freaking march are you kidding me it was his only three of the game unbelievable stuff and remember virginia struggled against notre dame and louisville lost at bc in blowout fashion lost against carolina they didn't have ben vanderplas so this wasn't the most just wasn't the most stunning thing it was it was an incredible game Furman, how about Furman? just finally breaking through this has been a Bob Ritchie's in his sixth season. The year before he got the job, Nico Medved was there. Furman has been a top three team in the SoCon seven years running. It finally broke through this season. Remember, this is the team that lost at the buzzer in the conference title game a year ago. They finally get in for the first time in 43 years, and that's how you do it? That's how you do it. Incredible stuff. That is just... Between Furman and Princeton, we got all we could possibly have asked for. Just amazing stuff there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, let's move on and keep uh, and keep hitting because people think that there's no chance that we're going to finish this episode in 40 minutes. I'm going to try. <laughs> Houston, Houston got pushed. Houston got the win. Top seed goes up against Northern Kentucky. Shouts to the Norse. A 63-52 final. The story here, this is to me the third biggest headline of the day, is Marcus Sasser. Oh, I said on the pod and I said on HQ, KB. I yep. would have sat him for this game. Now, you could you argue that had he never played at all? Maybe NKU goes UMBC. I mean, it's certainly possible. That's not unthinkable. But I think you, I think you wind up with the win. And now he's got this groin thing. Oh, quick. Say the word groin. Growing. Come on. Growing. How dare you? <laughs> can you just, can we, can we have a podcast where two people on the show can say the word groin, please? Groin. There groin. It's not hard. Groin. GP went soft tissue injury on HQ with me today. And after he did his little thing, I said the word groin like four times in 20 seconds after that. I just had to do it. Uh, but now this is a thing. Like how, how did he, 
did he worsen the injury? Is it basically the same? How good is he going to be? Because they're going to need him against Auburn. I mean, Auburn, which we'll get to in a second. Auburn's like de facto home game. Houston fans yeah. will be there in full force. I'm I'm aware of that, but they're it's right there. Um, should Houston have played Sasser in this game? And how in danger do you think Houston is looking ahead to uh, the Tigers on Saturday? Yeah, I'm surprised Sasser played. To be honest, there was no indication pregame, you know, whether he was or was not going to play, but. Gave it a go, was was going through like a full warm-up, and it's like, okay, I guess he's fine. His his growing is just fine. Um, he gave it a go, was eh, okay in the first half, had five points. Noticed a couple times the the cameras caught him up close and he looked a little gimpy, kind of gave like the grit face, like er, like I'm trying to play through something. Um, didn't play in the second half. Um, Tracy Wolfson on the on the broadcast reported that he was questionable return with a growing injury. Um, and so, yeah, now it's probably the biggest question mark going into the second round. What is the status of Marcus Sasser's groin? And on top of that, Jamal Shedd uh, has what Kelvin Sampson says, a bad knee playing through it right now, but not 100%. So Houston, the betting favorite coming into the NCAA tournament, Suddenly limping into the second round against Auburn that didn't look totally impressive, nearly gagged away a huge lead to Iowa, but you noted they're basically playing at home. They're playing in, in Birmingham. I don't know. You get you get a shorthanded, potentially Houston team um, on a short turnaround. That's going to be an interesting matchup. It will be an interesting matchup. That's, that's going to be a... That's going to be damn intriguing with that. Uh, you, you know, con- again, not to Northern Kentucky. It was a 16 that kept it that kept it close. It wound up being an 11-point spread, so it didn't crack the uh, somewhat exclusive, but not that exclusive fraternity of 16s to, to keep it to single digits with the one seed there. But ultimately, also, NKU fell way too in love with the three-point shot. I, I don't know have the number in front of me because I was, mo- I was monitoring a lot of things and prepping for the pod. There was a point where it felt like they missed 11 three-pointers in a row. And if you got three or four of those, it's a different game. Houston moves on. Uh, we'll wait to see what Sasser uh, is. You know, as we are doing this pod in real time, I would imagine Kelvin Sampson is about to do his media or has just did it, so I don't have the quotes in front of me. But we we understand the situation here. Um, the news will be if he's going to be kept out of the game. It's If it's that much pain, it seems to be on the table. And if it is then that might be the most urgent game on a, on a really good Saturday of games. That's that's certainly going to be something to to keep an eye on there. So uh, we wait on that. Now, Tremont, Tremont Mark and Jamal Shedd are, are plenty capable. Um, Jairus Walker is a beast, and we know it. Yep. So they can win without him. But I wonder what that line will be without him if, he, if he's not in there. Something to keep an eye on for sure. Houston minus three. That'd be my Is guess. it out already? It's already out? It's been It's been posted? I'm just guessing. That'd I'm going to blindly guess. see. I don't know how they're going to do that, but I would blindly say. With the assumption the status, that Sasser doesn't play. I would play. say it's Houston. F- I'll say six. That's my blind guess on, uh, okay. on, what, on what the odds makers will. Yeah, I'd take the, I'd take the under five and a half. All right, we're going to give you. So we'll, we'll wait and see. And if, if there's news on that, I, uh, you know, GP, uh, GP will hit that on the Friday show. I will be, I'm coming to you from my house tonight, but I will, I'm driving early that's also why we're gonna get out of here with uh with hopefully some efficiency i'm getting up early driving to albany cover the games there so i'll be doing that all tomorrow i will not be on the show tomorrow i will be back late on saturday once those games wrap let's whip around every other result from thursday let's start with uh with san diego state 
getting the only win for the Mountain West in this tournament. The, the Cougars uh, got 17 points from from Matt Bat- Bradley. He was the only, uh, excuse me, the Cougars. The Aztecs got 17 from Bradley. He was the only Aztec in double figures. Um, San Diego State doing that snapped an 11 game uh, losing streak by Mountain West teams. Charleston scored its fewest points, 63-57 in the game this season. Uh, so a great job by San Diego State. It kind of played out the way I thought. There was a little bit of, of noisiness over the, the uneven whistle late. I'm not going to deny that. It's not the reason Charleston lost. Free throws were 19 to the Cougars, 18 to the Tex there. And they shot 5 of 24 from three-point range. 21% did CFC. So that yep. did them in as well. Thoughts on, on San Diego State's win and finally you know, getting off the schneid for the Mountain West, the only team that did so on Thursday. Yeah, big one for the Mountain West. That's what I have in bold letters here. Um, otherwise, dreadful day. San Diego State, though, has been kind of the class of that league all season. And not surprised. This felt honestly like one of those spots where if you've watched college basketball this season, this was a place where people love to pick 12 over 5 in their bracket. And they're like, oh, Charleston, that got a pretty good record. They've been pretty good the last few years. San Diego State, eh, I'll, I'll take them over there. San Diego State to me was like clearly the pick here and they were really impressive. I I was very impressed with what I saw from them. Their defense is legit. Uh feel like they can win in 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 a variety of different ways and uh chance to go to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2014 now. Really good win for the Aztecs. I uh I agree and we'll see what they they can do. Again, first tip on Saturday. Um yep. I'm to- I'm torn through Twitter here, and I don't know if you mentioned this or not. Wilson, Tracy Wilson tweeted 30 minutes ago. Kelvin Sampson telling me he's not only concerned with Sasser's groin, but Jamal Shedd's knee. Yep. Hmm. Okay. And then I'm reading some reports from the presser. Sampson saying he tried. It felt funny. Um, he wants him to rest it. Okay. He did. He did play through it, but he did mention. Um, basically, mm-hmm. I think a quote was like he's playing through a bad knee. So. That's not great, Bob. It's not great for my title. My bracket's already done. Who cares? That's the fun of this thing. But geez, yeah. oh geez. Um, yeah, that's that's certainly tough. Um, so it goes back to uh, back to the whip round here. Missouri, Missouri Tigers. Credit to How about Dave them Tigers. Who, yeah, who covers this team? Four thousand seven hundred and forty-five days since Missouri last won an NCAA tournament game. Wow. 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 Dennis Gates is the first coach in Missouri history to win his first NCAA tournament game. Um, And he gets the first one of his career. He got to the tournament with Cleveland State, but uh, but didn't win it when he was there. Utah State went super cold. Um, Thoughts on on the Tigers, uh, you know, given the Mountain West yet another loss and and getting it done in year one. That's a that's a nice college basketball story here. And Missouri fans must be on cloud nine after what they've uh, they've been up and down and up and down with over the years here. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome for for Missouri. I mean, Dennis Gate was Dennis Gates was a I thought a pretty good hire coming out of Cleveland State, but he has been way better than I think anyone had even expected. I mean, coming into the season, um, pretty low expectations overall. They get a seven seed. They they take out Utah State in the first round of the NCAA tournament and do it pretty convincingly. Um, this this Tigers team is pretty fun to watch. Now, this game in general was kind of atrocious um it did not play out in the way that i thought it would utah state top 20 in in three-point shooting this season they ended up finishing four of 24 from three and missouri by the way has like the worst defense in the sec at defending the three um 
Utah State also had 15 turnovers, but Demoy Hodge was fantastic in this one. That was a, a major bright spot, 23 points, 15 of them in the second half. Also had four steals, had a pair of assists. Really good stuff from Missouri. Um, kind of puts a capper on what has been a fantastic season for the Tigers. Tigers! Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good win for sure. And, uh, and for Utah, well, first of all, Kobe Brown, Demo, uh, Demoy Hodge were awesome. They went on a run, like a two-person run in the second half. Like Utah State led with a little more than nine minutes to go. And next thing you know, uh, those guys took over and then they ran away with it. Utah State, though, oh my God. Goodness, 16.7% from three-point range, 4 of 24 overall. This is a team that was, you know, one of the top 10 to 15 teams in the country shooting the three ball. And Missouri wasn't good. I checked it before. Missouri was 266 in three-point defense going in. Because Utah State was that bad, it jumped to 241 overall. Utah State has lost 10 straight tournament games. That's tied for the fourth longest losing streak in NCAA tournament history. Let's talk Duke beating Nor Roberts. Mm. I'm not even going to give my... Take it away. I, I'm uh, trust me. The button's coming, but you picked Duke to win, and I did not. It's yours, KB. The people demand an apology. Matthew Norlander, Mister March Norlander. I was wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna hit it again. That one's on me. I was wrong. I'm gonna do it one more time. That one's on me. I was wrong. Okay, that's what I got. What do you got? <sighs> Unbelievable stuff. Given ORU fans hope that they could go to the Sweet 16, counting out John Shire who some are saying is the greatest coach in Duke basketball history. How dare you? How dare you? Great win from Duke. Steamrolled Oral Roberts. This was a fantastic game. Turns out when you recruit five stars to your team, um, you actually probably have a higher chance of beating players who are lower ranked um, in when you face them as an opponent. So go figure. Uh, Derek Lively was great in this game. Dariq Whitehead had some amazing flashes. Jeremy Roach with 23 points was fantastic. Uh, this was not what I expected at all, mm-hmm. but it was a continuation of what we've seen from Duke over, I don't know, the last four weeks of the season, really. Uh, they have won uh, 10 games now. 10 consecutive games going into the second round of the NCAA tournament. They have for basically six weeks looked like to me, a top borderline top 10, top 15 team in college basketball. And I went on HQ on, um, on Thursday night, talked with Akeem Dermish and the great Hakeem Dermish, the great, great Dermish. That's right. Respect, respect. And, Basically, like Duke is like the perfect example of why the selection committee should consider like past or recent performance when they're seeding teams. Because Duke, I thought, was painfully underseeded as a five seed coming into the NCAA tournament. In the same region, Purdue, the number one seed. I mean, if you're just factoring in what they've done for you lately, like Purdue, you could you could argue that Duke should be higher seeded than Purdue. Now, I get it. You you have to factor in the entirety of the season, um, what you've done, what you've accomplished, the totality of your resume. Uh, but yeah, Duke like is clearly, I think, one of the most dangerous teams in the NCAA tournament as a five seed and uh, put, put away like a really good ORU team and this game was not particularly close. Wow, if we're going to get out in under 40 minutes, you're going to have to tighten it up, Boone. I don't know what to tell you. That's Paris level monologue right there. I do apologize. Duke opened the game 15-0. Jeremy Roach at 23, held Oral Roberts at 30% shooting. I'm going to give a shout-out to Austin Johnson. 
who tweeted at me, may I suggest taking advice from a literal four-year-old next time? That's because my <laughs> four-year-old has Duke, <laughs> Duke winning. I had Oral Roberts in the Sweet 16. Ay, ay, ay. Listen, I thought that I thought Oral Roberts would be able to offensively really push Duke. It wasn't the case. It came out cold, and Duke had the number. Credit to Duke. Credit to John Shire. Um, that is a bit of a chic Final Four team, and with good reason, Duke gets it done and will play. Well, you know who it's going to play, but we'll get to that in just a second there. Northwestern beats Boise State. Chase Adige is the first Big Ten player with 20-plus points, 4-plus steals, and 2-plus rebounds in an NCAA tournament period from the Big Ten since Draymond Green in 2011. This is Northwestern's second tournament appearance, just like in 2017. They got the win. Adige and Boo Booey were awesome. They did a great job. Boise State couldn't get it done for the Mountain West. Um, just you know, nice... Nice, nice, nice job by Northwestern. Boise State only shot 40% from the field and was 6 of 23 from beyond three-point line. Thoughts? You nervous about our dinner bet, Norlander? Northwestern, UCLA? Oh, did you bet Northwestern's going to win, right? Yeah, and you got UCLA. Not nervous, no. UCLA looked pretty good. Yeah, no no thoughts other than our dinner bet. Uh, Interesting. No thoughts other than the dinner bet. Okay, fair enough. Maryland beat West Virginia. This was the first game of the day. West Virginia got out to a 19-6 start. And I was like, all right, here we go. Like this, like we always like to start. Mm, start the bracket off one for one. Excuse me, no. <laughs> Maryland is 15 and one in the last uh, 16 first round games it's played. Um, and Maryland, which trailed at the half, uh, or trailed by double digits, it had lost 22 straight games when trailing by double digits. That streak is over. Terps ended it. Julian Reese at 17, four Terps were in double figures. They shot 63 from two point range. Man, oh, man. Impressive stuff. Hey, Maryland fans and Missouri fans, you got yourself a new coach and you got into the tournament in year one and you won a first round game. You're living high and living your best life at the moment. All right. Just even that it's it's a season beyond the expectations. Thoughts on what the Terps did to the ears. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, caught bits and pieces of this one, actually. Uh, saw West Virginia go up double digits early. Kind of figured it was done. Big second half from Julian Reese had 13 of a 17. In the second half, shout out to the Terps. Kevin Willard doing a fantastic job there. Good win for them over West Virginia. Good luck. Now you get Alabama next round. Auburn beat Iowa 83-75 in a de facto home game. Fran McCaffrey has never made the Sweet 16 in his career. He is sub-500 all-time in the NCAAs and at Iowa. Uh, Auburn has yet to lose a round of 64 game in his program's history. 11-0 since the tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1985. Auburn's going to be the second team. Shouts to Jared Burson. He did tweet this. Had to include this. Auburn's going to be the second team uh, on the 8-9 line to play a home state game against a one-seed in the second round. The last time it happened was 89 when Ball State is a nine seed. Yes, Ball State is a nine. Played in Illinois, uh, played in Indianapolis, excuse me, against Illinois. Uh, Ball State lost that game. This one was, I was duped, man. I, I said it when the bracket came out on HQ. I said, I'm going Iowa and I'm not looking back. <laughs> that one's on me. I was wrong. Thoughts? Yeah, I, th- I think I was the Iowa hype man on this podcast for much of the season, and I caught some blowback uh, because I picked Auburn in this spot, 
And I wanted to hedge my bets. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to ride with Auburn. I have no idea what to make of it. Iowa feels like it can be a, a winner by 15 points or end up losing by a bunch. Um, kind of somewhere in between. Auburn led by as many as 17 in the second half. Iowa cut it to four at one point. Got really close. And Auburn's blown some big leads this season. Um, lost one to Alabama in overtime. Iowa's came back from some pretty big deficits, uh, notably against Michigan State, uh, but was not to be. Johnny Broom was really good in this one. Quiet night from Iowa's Chris Murray. Overall, 15 points on the night, but started slow, just four points in the first half, and, and that was kind of uh, emblematic of Iowa's night uh, against Auburn. Started slow, dug themselves in such a big hole that ultimately they couldn't come back. Auburn and Alabama fans will both be in the building for the same session slash ticket on Saturday in Birmingham. I'm sure that will be fine. Uh, SEC went five and zero on Thursday. Uh, um, no, excuse me, four and one. A and M lost. Arkansas did not. Uh, Arkansas has now won a game in three straight NCAA tournaments for the first time between their run from '89 to '96. Um, this is a question out loud for Illinois fans watching or listening. How are you feeling right now about your program? I'm genuinely curious. Um, it's your eighth straight first weekend exit, but you're getting to the tournament. I'm just curious where you land with this program at the moment. I think Illinois fans are in an interesting spot and a weird spot, and uh, there are any number of directions that your your team could be going. We'll get. I suppose we'll touch on the Illini at some point during the offseason. Arkansas wins. Um, you know, look good doing it, man. Uh, Nick Smith Jr. didn't even need to play well. Ricky Council came up, came up big again and got it done. Uh, elsewhere in the SEC, Tennessee beat Louisiana. That was the close game right before we came on. 58-55, they get it done. Raging Cajuns pushed hard, but they don't pull out the win. Tennessee does get the win. That's a pretty important one there. Uh, either thoughts on either of those SEC crews, KB? Uh, Arkansas over Illinois. I thought that was a perfect way for Illinois season to end. Just totally unwatchable on offense. Lethargic effort. Uh, didn't start good. And that was kind of emblematic of their entire season. Didn't think Arkansas even played all that well. Um, able to get the win. Devo Davis had 16 points. Ricky Council had 18. Um, as you noted, Nick, Nick Smith, who I, um, I think has a chance to be one of the more explosive players in this NCAA tournament. Only had six points in this game and able to, to sneak out a win over Illinois. Really disappointing, I think, if, if you're an Illinois fan um, about this, about kind of how the season has gone. They had some great wins early in the season, trailed off, and um, kind of there was a lot of promise to start the season, and they just never, it never quite materialized in the way that I think people people hope. I, basically, as soon as GP jumped on the Illinois hype train, I think that was, was that was kind of the moment. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Uh, Texas beat Colgate by 20. That line felt like a trap the whole time. And we put it on the, I put it on the final four one shame on me. Serge Jabari Rice had 23 off the bench. I, I Serge Jabari Rice had seven, three pointers. That was more than like 13 teams that played on Thursday by himself. <laughs> Texas hit 13 threes overall. It's if it can win, if it can win on Saturday. If it can beat Penn State, it'll be its first Sweet 16 since 2008. Matt Langle's team is now done. Colgate's been a nice little inclusion in the tournament in recent years. Matt Langle to Temple, keep an eye. Although, I figure maybe Penn State will try and chase Langle if Micah Shrewsbury doesn't stick around. So he'll have options there. I fully expect him to get a bigger job. Um, Penn State did get the win. They beat AM 76-59. Andrew Funk went nuts. Uh, Funk had 27 <laughs> points. 
uh, just an outrageously good game for for Penn State and 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 great on him. Uh, that's really one of the best performances in program history in a tournament game. I think he had the most of any. I think he I, I think he scored more points in a game than any Penn State player ever in the NCAA tournament. That's a nice win for the Nits to get it done. Um, so you know, A and M is out. Uh, the only SEC team to lose. Big Ten I think went three and two. Um, and a, and a nice uh, and a nice job there by by the Nittany Lions. Three more results to get to you here. Bama wins ninety six seventy five. Just Brandon Miller is apparently dealing with a hamstring issue. That's just the news from that. He didn't score in the game. Zero like, points. Crazy, right? Uh, yeah. The first thirty one season in Bama history. Uh, but no no Brandon Miller effectiveness. They didn't need him. Um, but it's the first time that the highest scoring average uh, by an NCAA player went so. Miller was averaging 19.6 this season. That's the highest scoring average entering the tournament. This is per our CBS research department by a player who went scoreless in a game since 1995. Kind of wild. Uh, we'll see, you know, how much they need Miller and what his effectiveness is on, on Saturday. Uh, Kansas, another one seed rolled 96, 68 over Howard. Kansas has won a game in 16 straight NCAA tournaments. That's tied with Kentucky for the longest streak all time. UNC has the record 18 straight tournaments with at least one win and Kansas drop in 96 is the most by a reigning national champ in its first game after winning the title since Florida did it in 2007. US, UCLA destroyed UNC Asheville 80, uh, 86-53. Not even close. I actually thought that would be close. One more time for good measure. That one's on me. I was wrong. That's right. So those are your uh, 16 games. Any any final thoughts on any of those four here as we as we wrap up this Thursday into Friday pod KB? No, um, just injuries, I think, will be a theme as we go ahead into the weekend. Brandon Miller, obviously a big story. He's dealing with apparent sore hammy. I had zero points in this game. Very much surprising. As you noted, Bama did not really need him. But now Brandon Miller dealing with something. Marcus Sasser dealing with something. Jamal Shedd potentially dealing with something. Some some high-profile players on some number one seeded teams. Uh, very interesting to watch. Kansas obviously gets this win over Howard. Did so convincingly. Jalen Wilson with 20 points. No Bill Self in that win. No Bill Self. Um, Although he wants to coach. I think he wants to coach Saturday. We see, we'll see if he will. He gave an interview to local radio. It might even be been team radio before that game tipped. Yep. He sounded optimistic, but we'll actually wait and see him. You know, his health comes first, and this, it's a high-intensity environment here. So, so we'll wait and see on that. Yeah, so hopefully Bill Self will be back soon. He looked great. The, uh, KU actually released a video kind of interview before the game, just announcing like he, he doesn't quite feel up to coaching, but he's feeling better. He's out of the hospital. He's still recovering. He's been with the team this week, um, but hasn't been full-time with the team. He's doing a lot of sitting, he said, which is something he's like not used to, obviously. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully Bill Self will be back soon. Reigning national champion Kansas will need him, but they did not have any struggles without him today. That's a that's a good job, a good job there. All right, um, we're gonna get out of here. I'm gonna give you a quick. I'm not gonna do the whole schedule, but heads up for Friday. This is what you're opening with. CBS has USC Michigan State. It's out of Columbus. Then Kennesaw State Xavier's your 12:40 tip. The, the USC Michigan State's 12:15. Kennesaw State Xavier is is 12:40 out of Greensboro. 1:30 tip is Denver. UC Santa Barbara Baylor, and then. I, there are reasons for this, but I'm going to Albany. I have the last tip of the first one. Uh, TBS, 2 o'clock, VCU St. Mary's. Spiro Ditas, the great Spiro Ditas on the call along with Deb yes. and A.J. Ross. That's a, that's a strong crew there. So I'll be heading up there. I'm very excited for my Albany four-pack. 
Um, and then we we see how it plays out from there. Thursday was good. I feel like Friday is going to be even better. Thursday gave us two big results. I feel like we're actually due for three or four tighter games. A lot of the stuff did kind of go as expected overall, but um, but it was a fun, fun opening day. To everyone who watched in the chat live, we appreciate you. And if you watch us on the CBS Sports main channel and you just discovered the podcast, you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Thank you to everyone who continues to rate and subscribe. I mean this sincerely, okay? I've, we've noticed how, you know, a, a bunch of these different services, wherever you get the podcast, video, audio, whatever, continue to, to rate and, and, uh, and subscribe and, and push the, the podcast up. We genuinely, genuinely appreciate it. Nada, is there anything else that I'm forgetting about before we get out of here? No, we just lost a bet, though, about going under 40. I know. Chad had it right. We beat 40. And we were moving, but that's 16 games. I wanted to give love to every single team every single game. But that's it. For man. For, For him. Man. <laughs> By the that. way, did you, see, did you see Biden's bracket? I did. He had Arizona winning it all. <laughs> As did one of my brothers. Done. See you later. See ya. <laughs> Done. And on top of that. Biden was in California this week on Air Force One, caused San Diego State to have some travel delays going to Orlando. And in his bracket, he faded San Diego State. Just completely cold-blooded. You love to see that it. It's cold blood. Man, how about that? We are done here. I don't do the shouts. I let that that's GP's thing. GP GP does the shouts, and I can say the word groin. That's how it is. He will be GP will be back on Friday night for another pod. I hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful experience watching these Friday's games. I will be on HQ from Albany all day, all night long. We'll see how it goes. You have been listening and watching the Eye on College Basketball podcast. We will see you once we get this thing down to 32 teams on Friday night. For man. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.